I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast, the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Sup. And today, we're going to discuss lotion and diamonds. I'll be your guesser today, and Paige will be your researcher. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Rachel. What's going on? Not much. I would like to know, though, how moist would you say your skin is right now? I would say, as I stroke my arm. <laughs> Good start. You know, my skin is pretty moist. I have I have a skincare routine. Yeah, you do. I don't. I am, like, dry as a brick right now. A brick's known for being dry. I don't know. Anyway, I know that was a weird question, but I needed a segue into our first topic, which is lotion and okay. how and why it works. Let's start with something simple about it. When do you think lotion was invented, and who do you think invented it? I think some type of lotion has been around for a really long time. Like, I think that humans have been attempting to moisturize their skin forever. (laughs) Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, you're you're kind of right. According to southwestsunshineherbal.com. Wow. (laughs) Fun website. Uh, forms of moisturizers have been around for tens of thousands of years. For example, you know, like ancient Mesopotamia, like with the Sumerians and all that? I do. So they would mix, quote unquote, minerals, animal parts or plants with tree oil and wine and then use that as a moisturizer. But where do you think like actual lotion, like someone was intentionally trying to make lotion of sorts, where do you think that started like what country do you think it originated in i would guess in europe somewhere i know that's not a country that's a continent yeah you're right though so keep going i'm gonna say russia time to get rebutted is it italy yes the first actual lotion oh okay was invented in 200 bc by a roman physician so kind of Kind of. Named Galen? Galen? He mixed rose oil, beeswax, and water together and called the mixture cold cream because it was cold when you put it on your skin. That's creative. Yeah, he was a creative guy. Dead now, but creative. And all that talk about ancient moisturizers, did it did give you a few good hints for my next question, which is, what do you think the typical ingredients in lotion are? Well, it depends on the lotion, because commercial lotions tend to have more chemically things. Yeah, but I'm talking like every lotion has these ingredients. Okay. Water. Okay. 
laurel sulfate. <laughs> Oddly specific, but not too far off. Okay. Something oxide. Uh, okay. And if it's like a more natural one, it might have like beeswax or it might have shea butter. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, so like you said, there's obviously a bunch of different brands out there, which means there's going to be a lot of different lotion formulas, but most companies tend to use these few common ingredients. Water, like you said, and then the second would be glycerin slash glycerol, which is is an ingredient that lets skin capture moisture through water in the air. Uh, Some type of oil. The most common types of oil and lotion are shea butter, like you said, coconut butter, and mineral oil. Oh. Then, this is a weird one, lanolin. Yes! So lanolin isn't in all lotions, but it's in a lot of them. It is a wax derived from sheep's wool, and it helps soften the skin. So I guess you could use that like in lieu of beeswax, perhaps? Mm -hmm. Not sure. Oh, here's one from our soda episode. Citric acid doesn't necessarily help your skin in any way, but it's a very good preservative. Oh, okay. Steric acid, which is just something that makes the lotion goopier. Mm -hmm. The less oil that you put in the lotion, the more steric acid you'll need. And then vitamin C and E. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. C, like, renews the skin, apparently. And E is believed to improve skin elasticity. Ooh. Hmm. And then, like, if it's scented lotion, there'll be, like, fragrances in there, but you can obviously get scent-free lotion. Oh, fun fact time. Are you ready? Yes. There's actually a difference between lotion and cream. According to, oh. yeah, right? According to Wikipedia, lotion is, quote, a low viscosity topical preparation intended for application by the skin by contrast creams and gels have higher viscosity typically due to lower water content wow yeah so creams and gels are just goopier Hmm. yeah so all that's fine and dandy but now we get to the part of the topic that i'm genuinely curious about and is why i picked this topic why doesn't water alone moisturize your skin but lotion does well Water is very drying, and yeah. (laughs) Okay. And so when you just put water on your skin, it, like, draws more water out, and that leaves your skin dry. You have the right idea. Okay. And lotion creates, like, a barrier, and so... Like you said, one of those ingredients allows your skin to absorb moisture from the air. That's one thing that lotion does that works. And like I said, it creates a barrier. So if, let's say, you go out into really cold air, it'll prevent your skin from drying out too much. Okay. Kind of right. I actually ended up on Reddit for this one, but I double-checked with a Healthline article and it seemed to say, like, the same thing. So here it goes. The user SpigotFace, who wrote the answer on r slash explain like I'm five, went into the whole molecular reason for why water doesn't work but lotion does. If you want, like, the chemistry part of this, you should go in the link that we have in the sources section. But 
basically the outermost layer of your skin can absorb water because absorbing it would also mean diffusing and evaporating the water out of your body over time and not only would you be losing water this way but the water would take like all the nutrients and stuff with it so it would take a huge toll on your body as you use a bunch of energy just to replenish everything you're losing and even when your body isn't doing this like you said earlier, the water that lands on the skin will evaporate the body's natural oils with it, which is what causes the dry skin. Right, right. Oh, also, regular soaps without moisturizers or oil in it also dry up the skin because they do the same thing. They take out the natural oil in your body. So washing your hands a lot, say, for example, during a pandemic and not moisturizing afterward can lead to super dry hands. That makes sense. Yeah. Here's a pretty simple one. What causes dry skin? There are a number of things that can cause dry skin. Your diet can have something to do with it, as can your water intake. Like, if you're dehydrated, I think it could make your skin dry, too. Stay hydrated out there. It's a hot summer. Hot summer. And repeated, like, water on your skin, like we said before, is drying. Yep. And hormones can make your skin dry, just like it can make it greasy. Yeah. And things like the elements, like cold air. Yeah. According to Mayo Clinic, first of all, like all the reasons that you listed are right, but I didn't name all of them here. So Mayo Clinic says, don't worry if you get dry skin, it's probably only temporary, but if it persists, obviously go see a doctor. But the main causes for dry skin are dry weather, like you said. Heat from like a fireplace or a space heater or being super hot outside. Hot baths and showers. Yeah. Which is something I did not know. Yeah, that's a big thing for me. And then harsh soaps and detergents, which goes back to what I said before about removing your body's natural oils. Right. Yeah. So be careful out there. Know a lot of people like to take hot showers in the winter, but it can really be doing a lot of damage to your skin. It's true. And now a word from our sponsors. Can't wash your hands on the go during this god-awful pandemic? Then you need the quick draw soap and water gun. Just touch the grocery cart barehanded and now you have an itch on your face? Forget hand wipes, just equip, remove the safety, and blast away germs with a pressurized stream of hot water and suds to be corona-free guaranteed. Go to soapandwatergun.wixsite.com and use code RNR for a 10% discount. Quick draw soap and water gun. Still legal in 31 states. Welcome back. Hello. Oh. So, how do you feel about diamonds? I don't really care about them. I no. know that they have a harsh history and a harsh present, and uh, they're overrated. They are kind of pretty, but eh. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I never really got, like, the big thing about diamonds. Like, I was always like, ooh, shiny, but I never saw a reason for them to be so expensive. Yeah, like, I I really like rocks and minerals, and I think that how diamonds are formed is pretty cool, but I don't actually really care about them that much. Well, we'll get into, like, the marketing, like, cash side of diamonds in a bit, but right now we're going to talk about, like, the science side. Okay. First question is a simple one. What element do you think diamonds are made of? Carbon. You are correct. It is carbon, just like coal and graphite. How do you think diamonds are formed? Well, 
you go underground and there is lots and lots and lots of pressure over lots and lots and lots of time. Okay. The, the carbon becomes so pressurized that it becomes diamond. Yeah, you're pretty much right. Diamonds can only form in the Earth's upper mantle, which, for those who don't know... That's is about, under the crust, right? Yeah, it's super far down, like between 70 and 100 miles into the Earth. And like you said, yeah, the intense heat and pressure from being so deep down with tons and tons of rocks lets the diamonds form. The thing is, though, we can't dig that far down to get diamonds. Like, the deepest hole ever dug, and I actually looked this up, was the Cola Super Deep Borehole that apparently was is like seven and a half miles deep, and they actually had to stop digging it because the temperature in it was so hot that the tools wouldn't work. So, I like, love it. Yeah, So, but like, we can't go into the mantle to get the diamonds, you know? Mm, yeah. So, how do you think the diamonds got to a point in the earth where we can actually get them well maybe it has to do with like tectonic plates and so maybe this like shifted some things upward if like five million years ago i was making up some numbers the plate shifted and moved that part of the upper mantle toward the crust it could have created diamond deposits further up okay you have a very intuitive answer but you're wrong okay <laughs> <laughs> time to get rebutted according to smithsonian magazine theoretically diamonds are brought up to the earth's crust by a very specific and violent type of volcanic eruption and this particular type of eruption hasn't happened in a super long time so the diamonds that you're getting are probably tens of millions of years old. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But like, it would make sense that it's tectonic plates. It, well, yeah, because, because te when the plates shift, that can cause earthquakes, which can cause volcanic eruptions. Yeah, but you don't necessarily need the tectonic plates to move for a volcanic eruption to happen. That's, is that true? You know what? Maybe that should be a topic for another time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it does, but whatever. I'm not sure. <laughs> Why do you think diamonds are so hard? Well, because they were put under so much pressure that they just hardened. Okay, it's a little more complicated than that, but yeah, you're basically right. So yeah, it goes all back to like the whole heat and pressure thing when they're underground. Under all of that stress, time for some chemistry, carbon molecules form covalent bonds Covalent bonds. I don't remember that from chemistry. <laughs> yeah, wow. Throwback. Which, and it means that the bond is like impossible to break. It's a really strong bond. Like COVID. Yeah, like COVID. <laughs> but the atoms don't just do like one covalent bond. No, they do four covalent bonds all at once with the atoms around them. Wow. Which makes them like quadruply strong. So basically impossible to break. Except with other diamonds. Pretty much, yeah. We will get into that. But right now, we're going to get into the marketing part about diamonds. Here we go. Yeah, I know. You and I both hate capitalism, so this is going to be great. Why do you think diamonds are so expensive? Well, <laughs> I may know something about this. Okay. Basically, diamonds are so expensive because approximately 100 years ago, 
there was a company, probably a dude, who was like, hey, we have diamonds. We can make these expensive. So they created a marketing campaign where it's like, buy your lady a diamond or diamonds last forever, just like your marriage. And this caught on and made it an, a societal expectation in the heteronormative society, of course, where <laughs> men must buy their lady a diamond because diamonds are forever. And it helps that when diamonds have been processed and polished, they're pretty. Mm. And this was a way to make lots of money on something that really wasn't worth all that much. You got most of it right. There, It's actually, like, a slightly longer explanation than that. Yeah, but yeah. Like, the end part is completely right. I was hoping I could, like, bamboozle you and make you think that diamonds were expensive because they were rare. No, they're but... not. They're not rare at all. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah, in comparison with other precious gems, diamonds are the most common precious gem. And it's true that colored diamonds, like yellow diamonds and rose diamonds, are more rare. But they're, but they're imperfect. And that's another marketing ploy in recent <laughs> years. I don't know if you remember all the commercials for chocolate diamonds. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is, whole... that is an absolute marketing scheme. <laughs> chocolate diamonds and other types of colored diamonds are imperfect. They have impurities. And that's why they are those colors. <laughs> no. And so they charge more for them, even though they're worse. Okay, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Let the researcher do the talk. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Business Insider did like a whole video about chocolate with diamonds. But regardless, white diamonds, not very rare at all. They're not going anywhere. So that being said, diamonds, even though they're pretty common, they're still a precious, precious gem. Mm -hmm. So even though it's the most common of the precious gems, they're still pretty rare. And they're they were kind of hard to find until, and this is where your story begins, the 1800s, when a bunch of miners unearthed a huge trove of them in Kimberley, South Africa. Yeah. To the point where if they just sold them freely, it would tank the diamond market at the time, because there was a diamond market at the time. So to prevent this, the company De Beer, <laughs> or De Beer, I'm sorry, um, which is the diamond company that you're talking about, which is still around, might I add, yep. bought the mine and sold only enough to meet the annual demand, which made diamonds only seem super rare. Only this one company was like sitting on a pile of them and choking the market. Supply and demand. Yep, but you're controlling it, which is bad. And capitalism. Capitalism. And not only did this company choke out the diamond market, but they are also the ones that made the diamond engagement rings a thing. Would you like to guess what the engagement rings were made of before the whole diamond marketing scheme? Yeah, so they did use a, a gem, right? And not a metal? Yes. I think they used emerald. Very close. Really? For diamond rings, it was all about ruby and sapphire. Oh, and we're not talking about Pokemon here. I was about to talk about Pokemon, <laughs> which and ruby or sapphire are like far more rare than diamonds, so yeah. their value is justified. But because of their intense marketing campaign, they booted out the Gen 3 Pokemon games so Gen 4 Pokemon games could take over making the demand for diamond even higher, so jacking up the price even more than it was. Mm. 
Now, I know you and I are both very heated about talking about that after talking about that. Yes. <laughs> so I thought we could end it on a little bit of trivia. Okay. So there is a way to measure how hard a mineral is using what is called the Mohs scale of mineral hardness. Okay. Basically, you take one rock and scratch it on another, and that determines how hard the rock is. Yeah. And be pretty useful. For example, most smartphones use something called Gorilla Glass as a screen, mm -hmm. and Gorilla Glass scores 6 out of 10 on the scale, meaning it will scratch any mineral under 6, but gets scratched by anything over 6. Right. Now, this is going to be a tough one for you, since I don't know about, or I'm going to guess that you don't know much about the names of rocks, but there are 10 different minerals on the scale that are used as baseline examples. Do you think you could name any of these rocks? Diamond. Diamond is one. And I'll give you a hint. At least one of these is a birthstone. Ruby. No. Emerald. No. None of the Pokemon games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... I think you could name three of these if you thought hard enough. Okay. Like other than Diamond. Other than Diamond. Okay. I'm trying to think of what my birthstone is. I know it's green. Okay. I don't know what yours is. It's not. It's not emerald is opal august i don't know oh no it's uh peridot 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 is that what it's called yes oh that's not it either um okay <laughs> i can give you a few more hints okay one of them is i believe crushed up and used as baby powder talc yes talc is the first one one of them begins with a q Oh, quartz. Yeah. And then do you think you can name the birthstone one? I think it was the name of one of the Bratz dolls. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, I don't know if that. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, tell me when you give up. I give up. Okay. These are the minerals. In, in order of one to ten. Talc is the first one which is this, like the softest mineral. You can literally scratch it with your nail and it will leave a mark. Mm -hmm. Number two is gypsum. Oh. Number, number three is calcite. Number four is apatite. Number five is fluorite. Hmm. Number six is orthoclase feldspar. <laughs> number seven is quartz. Number eight is topaz, which is the birthstone. Oh. There Number nine is corundum, and ten is diamond, which is classically considered to be, like, the hardest material on Earth. Yeah. But apparently in recent years, geologists have discovered an even harder material called wartzite boron nitride, but ten is high as the scale goes, so they haven't made an eleven yet. I love it. That's all I got. Thanks for listening to Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can email us topic suggestions at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Research Rebuttal Podcast or Twitter at Research Rebut. You can DM us. You can tag us. You can look at our content. You can even send us topic suggestions. Or you can subscribe and get all the episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.